Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Living on Blockchain. Today we are speaking to Vikas. He is the co-founder of uh, NFTFN. It was earlier called Belief Club. Where basically they are creating huge waves in the NFT space. They have a product called Supernova uh, using which you can actually invest in some blue chip NFTs. It's like an index. Uh, makes it very accessible, the NFT market for the users. Uh, they're also coming up with a few tools for the seasoned traders as well to go long and short on NFTs. And uh, they, they've created a robust platform and they are also doing something very, very exciting with Bitcoin ordinals. So I really think that all your NFT aficionados should really tune in and uh, traders as well and do give this a listen. Uh, hi, Vikas. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well, Tarusha. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Uh, it's wonderful that you could make the time. Uh, so for our listeners, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got into Web3? Sure, Tarusha. For everyone, my name is Vikas Singh. I started my Web3 journey in 2016. It's a very interesting story that uh, a friend of mine uh, in 2016, February specifically 2016, he mm. used to work. He was from actually uh, institute from IIM Lucknow. And then he was supposed to have a project done on top of blockchain. And at that time, I was like completely taken aghast. What exactly is this blockchain? And he was like being very, very pushy that because we have to do something on blockchain because uh, let's say blockchain will save credit card industry billions of dollars because it can cut intermediary and it can actually save a lot of money in the compliance side of it. Right. I said, wow, very, very, very interesting. But I couldn't wrap my head around it. Then what happened is this, like he wanted to build some sort of a use case around blockchain. Okay. And back then in 2016, it was very hard to understand what blockchain is because it is now today, it's very easy. I right. mean, you can just put up a LinkedIn post and there will be 10 people criticizing blockchain a fad and crypto a fad and still. But mm. back then it was like very, very hard to understand blockchain from the technology perspective. Right. So what we did, we essentially could, at back then, uh, we could only grab, like, get our hands upon on Ethereum. It was really hard back then to even understand. The docs were also not very detailed, but uh, there was some IDE that they have. It used to call Mix IDE. So now the browser right. version of it is now called Remix IDE. So right, right. when I use, so I installed Mix IDE, I, I did some numbers, I, I wrote a code in Solidity and then uh, off I go. So what have we, so my entry into the web three was from the tech perspective. So right. it was, I'm fortunate that I was not exposed to web three from the crypto side of it. Hmm. Later on, I figured it out. So, and that too, I entered into the web three ecosystem from the Ethereum side. Right. So Ethereum as a technology rather hmm. than Ethereum as a currency or something or Bitcoin as a, as a cryptocurrency. So my entry was very technical when it comes to how I was introduced to web three. So that was a that was a small story, and then as things moves on, I was very intrigued by the promise that. And when I read, okay, after that I read uh, after I was done with the yellow paper of Ethereum, then white paper, and then I read Bitcoin white paper. Then I was like completely in, uh, I would say, price as well as I was starting to ask these questions. Hey, why not? Somebody has already thought about these kind of things. Why can't? Actually, we remove, like, why can't, why can't we send money like an email? Right. It was exactly all those questions which were flowing through my head. Hmm. So later on that year, I was able to, I was very fortunate to have some folks who have been experienced into the Bitcoin ecosystem. They helped me understand what Bitcoin is as a blockchain, not again as a cryptocurrency. And hmm. from that, from those fundamentals, I build up my understanding. Okay, this is something which is actually going to upset a lot of people in the coming time. 
Right. And that's where I I got my I got my north star very very much set that boss I have to work in this industry and I was anyway trying to trying to find the technology upcoming technology which I can pick up for the next five ten years because mm. back then I was trying big data I was trying uh, uh, like different other genres as well uh, Hadoop and all these things they were the back then it was a very much rage like if you know Hadoop then you can get into the big data then right. And that too from Google and all these things. So I was trying. So I was continuously seeking a technology which is up and coming hmm. and not yet has taken a fully much shape and it is yet to ripe. And uh, that's how I figured it out. It, it used to check all the boxes and the rebellious rebellious nature of blockchain actually just matched entrepreneur's nature. So right. I would say a lot of Web3 founders are rebellious by nature. That's why they got inclined to it. So yeah. that's, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I think a lot of us uh, got into the space because, you know, we were the misfits and rebels and we we kind of fell in love with the technology and the promise it had, right? So, and I, I think it still has, that that promise still exists. Uh, it's just that, that mm-hmm. at times there can be a lot of noise. But uh, I love how, you know, your journey kind of came from being introduced to uh, decentralized technology in such an organic way by your friend. And now, you know, you're one of the, uh, you know, older builders in the space. So what inspired you to create uh, NFT FN and what sets it apart in the growing NFT ecosystem? Oh, absolutely. So my journey when I started, so after I understood it in 2016, I was continuously mm-hmm. seeking for the opportunities as a developer in the startup ecosystem where because I was very much sure that this technology would be picked up by the startups first. So I was looking for the job in those sectors. So I was fortunate to get the job in a healthcare company, healthcare startup in Hyderabad. Okay. And then I stayed there for 16 months. And in those 16 months, those were the most productive 16 months, if I could say, after my college in NIT Durgapur in back 2019 to 9 to 12. Hmm. Because in those 16 months, I was actually maybe working for maybe around 16 to 18 hours a day. Right. Not just that, I was trying to understand and wrap my head around the blockchain technology by myself. Hmm. I was also evangelizing it. I was also trying to make it understand by the CXOs of the bigger companies who really wanted to actually take the decision fast. Hey, Vikas, whether we can use it or not. So I was like attending a lot of breakfast, early breakfast, lunch, dinners <laughs> with the CXOs. And they were, they, were, they were really, really keen to understand whether they can actually use it or not. So right. hardware startups, uh, software startups, healthcare, I would say logistics. I touched almost all those areas, built a lot of solution as a customized solution for a lot of um, a lot of uh, people there back then just to trying to, who just wanted to actually create a small MVP kind of platforms. Right, so those right. 16 months were really, really productive. While I was doing a lot of cutting edge work based on the EHR, electronic health record. Uh, and we were trying to, I was trying to understand HIPAA, HL7, FHIR and all those standards in the EHR gold for the for the patient's documentation. Right. So EHR, so electronic health records have different standards, just like our APIs have different standards, like uh, HTTP and uh, JSON over HTTP. So all all these kind of different ways by which we send the data today over the internet. Similarly, when two hospitals use different kind of uh, infrastructure to store the patient's information, they might use different kind of uh, foundationally different kind of structure right. so we were trying to understand that how can we make a single structure which not only is hipaa compliant as well as people can actually take up 
uh, their doc- digital health records along with them and they can also do selective sharing so yeah. back in those 16 months i did really good work around that i happened to just spend a lot of time in the hackathons also because i was trying to take my hands on to everything and anything which can actually explore the or extend the fabric of uh, a blockchain and serendipity allow serendipity to work for me because i just wanted to get as much exposure to the similar kind of people as well as uh, from different kind of backgrounds because it just helps you understand the technology in in a different ideological way as well because web3 is not just a technology it's a mindset it's a ideology as well so then i then i then i uh, branched out in 2018 yeah. and then i gained enough confidence after working for almost 16 months with different cxos that was uh, i i was able to figure it out like it's not a lot of difference being being in the job as well as running the job so yeah. i was able to understand and measure the how much distance do i need to cover from going from this side of the table to the other side of the table hmm. so i started all of all by myself then the whole game in 2018 was just to keep helping the people into making the products yeah. so i did some sort of services and i used to by that time in 16 months i was able to create those small freelancer kind of uh, community around myself so i used to get the work done from outside and then used to use that money remaining money into building my my own products so yeah. i did so my understanding because i was coming from earlier i was coming from a telecom experience for 5 years before i jumped into into the blockchain so i knew that the uh, product is something is the way to go rather yeah. than just keep doing the services services yeah that's not so, scalable right uh, after a point it is it's very hard to scale it and you people do not understand this but uh, i mean they do understand this but uh, the problem is that, that they cannot execute on it everybody starts services just from this mindset that they will eventually one day will create product that's but true because of the the fresh scent of the money doesn't it's like the same salary kind of mindset in the job similarly the in the services you keep getting money from the customer so that money and the the responsibility that comes with that money keeps you engaged in the service work rather than that you cannot think with the freedom that what exactly that you want to do in the product if you were given a chance so yeah. i happen to keep those thing apart from the day one get go it really helped me to keep building the products trying to market those products of course some see some sunlight otherwise some never see the sunlight of the product that we made yeah. but it always giving me that exposure to how to think from the product side and uh, from 2018 to 2020 uh, before the pandemic hit and in the pandemic also we did some services just to keep the lights over our head on right. and keep keep building whatever we were building so in 2022 uh, we essentially i was i was always intrigued by the financial side of it so defi side of the blockchain because that wave i'll be honest that i completely missed i don't know how did i miss but i think it was the pandemic or something and we all builder tried to work in the beer market mm. so when the bull came after the pandemic i think everything was like upside down defi became a boom Aave mm. became Aave, synthetics became synthetics, and I could never understood. And I made a promise to myself that I will never work on the centralized. I would say I w- I used to work on uh, Hyperledger as well, just to keep yeah. the services part running. Right. But then I made a point that since DeFi was something which actually made the crypto legitimate in terms of the overall appeal of crypto. 
because it is it became something foundational because now people can actually earn the yield in native tokens let's say whatever they will put up they'll get something in the native terms right hmm. so that defi opened my eyes to the public chain impact and that's how i was continuously understanding boss that defi is something which is scalable and it has the it has the appeal so i tried porting synthetics on polygon once in pandemic but i i was not able to because it was having like 1000 uh, like 130 contracts and bit complex uh then in 2022 i again give it a shot now which is called nftfn now so mm-hmm. when nftfn started we started with something same thought process like what what is something upcoming and, and where the market can move and what is is in it is still uh, uh, an infancy stage so nft checks that stage that it was an infancy stage because it just created some uh, i would say first cycle around itself right. and it was doing really good volume second was this thing that nobody was talking about how nfts can because nft in itself is also a financialized asset how can you actually create the create the whole financial ecosystem around that base asset so mm. can it be staked can it be borrowed lend and all these things of course lending and borrowing use was there so we figured it out like there is nothing right now into the derivative space on top of nfts right. how can you build that market so then we started and chalking out ideas and then we once we understood okay what we will do we float around a company we and send the message across to our community friends builders operators and they love the idea they they quickly chip in sandeep was the first one to write the check for us right. and uh, then alpha wave global roland and then there was like of course mohit ajit Kurana sir, uh, there are easy for founders, and there are I mean Anshul Anket. So there were many folks like from the Web three community who knew what uh, I've been trying to do. So they just happened to be a very good backbone for the for the this experiment, new experiment that I was about to go. And then uh, for the last two years, we have been building this. How it is different? It is uh, uniquely different from the position of the USP itself. Right. i can simply ask you people whoever is listening of course let's say for let's take an a hypothetical case for vyc i can simply ask you okay now what that now what doesn't lead to a lot of answers very aggressively right so you can you can of course say that it gives me an access to the community and all these things but after that we want to understand this thing like if nft has to become a rage and nft as a overall market has to survive it needs more liquidity around itself hmm. and to make sure that the liquidity is there so we we thought of having a derivative space a derivatives market around it so the first market that we or i would say first idea that we thought of to create a nft to create a financialized ecosystem around nft was right. to build a perpetual products right so that's how the journey started that's how we ended up actually doing it because i was trying to do something in the financial space but we couldn't but i couldn't so next time when i got an opportunity so i definitely started into it that too with this new new vertical and now because we have a lot of uh, i would say competitors so that actually legitimize the whole narrative now because perpetual dex in itself is a narrative now and nft perpetuals also is something which people are looking forward to so yeah so that's where uh, you know that's how you 
kind of identified a problem and now you've created products around it so you know nft fn in short is basically uh, a platform that would connect nft traders to go long and short on their favorite nfts uh, is that understanding correct absolutely Okay. So what are you guys uh, doing in terms of Bitcoin ordinals? Like I saw a post uh, mm-hmm. by you recently and you had mentioned that, you know, you guys are working on something new there. I uh, would love to know more about that as well. Oh, absolutely. So we are trying to uh, make ordinals break free from Bitcoin. Uh, of course, I know it will be a very depressant news for the Bitcoin community, but that's how the technology is. It's permissionless. So we think that the Bitcoin ordinals community is really strong. They love they they are they're outpouring love into the ordinals is actually making them much more uh, appealing mm. so we think that uh, what we are trying to create we are trying to create a platform where uh, we are not thinking about the uh, blockchains as a as different i would say countries we want to just give everyone the single space where they can trade every favorite asset that they can so today it is nft tomorrow it is going to be ordinals which will which will anyway come soon really soon on our testnet and tomorrow th- then it can be crypto but it is all down the line so we are really really interested into making sure that how do we make nft and ordinals uh, really accessible in a mm. very in a very low amount i mean entry barrier should be really really low because today ordinals are also very costly so the whole mm. intent of nft fn was actually to give the exposure of these pricey blue chip nfts in as little as like $1 or $10 so that that's that aim that focus that north star still is there and that's why we are actually focusing on the nft uh, the ordinals in our nft fn as well all right that's very very interesting so now you know just to take a step back a little bit if you could explain very simply what you know ordinals are because i think a lot of people who tune into our podcast uh, they are just trying to find their footing in this space so can you explain simply to them what bitcoin ordinals are okay so i think ordinals they what ordinals started as i think uh, back in the days in bitcoin so there used to be some space in the each block so what they used to do so they used to do it uh i mean they used to use that space in a very creative way i think back in those days it used to be called colored coins so satoshis are marked so satoshis are the smallest unit in bitcoin right. similarly so what developers were able to find a way that they can actually program that small space and they can actually target those small space and call those satoshis which are traveling in that blockchain in that block as colored coins so i still remember that uh, infosys once called me and into, on an interview and then they actually asked about colored coins so wow. back in 2016 it was a it was a rage that how can you use bitcoin blockchain to do something so whatever is happening today on the ordinals is is a i would say perseverance that uh, the bitcoin community is showing to make bitcoin uh, more bitcoin is as in the blockchain more uh then just passing around the like currency from point a to point b so that's where the options these kind of options are coming up now mm-hmm. ordinals is i think the again the it's, it's a it's a spin off of the colored coins so they again marking these satoshis in a different way so okay. that the people can actually identify and also they are writing some sort of information in the uh, and i think uh, there are segwit now which is essentially okay so it it goes in a very different technical uh, direction 
So Bitcoin blockchain also has gone through multiple, I would say, iterations. Right. The way Ethereum Ethereum has moved from POW to POS. Hmm. So similarly, Bitcoin has also gone in 2016. There was after that, I think there was SegWit in which uh, segregated witness uh, it used to uh, stands for. So they used to combine all the transaction at one place, but all the data part in those transactions used to be at separate. Uh, so they used to travel differently. And that's how the one MB block used to, I mean, it was always the fight that how many in uh, how many transactions that you can put in the Bitcoin block. So SegWit was one, then Taproot, I think is the latest one. So mm. between all of these uh, innovation, I think they, they, they found a way that how can they essentially now on each transaction, they can actually write some more data and that data can, can be uniquely identified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can use that uh, data to put up some information, maybe in script. That's why it's called inscription because you can scribe something in it. So right. that that data essentially becomes uh, the NFTs, whatever they want to say, like you can put a SVG, PNG information, whatever they, they that you want to. That's how those inscription is now coming back as uh, so those colored coin. Maybe the, it is again colored coin version 2.0 and now being called as uh, as inscriptions. So, yeah, apologies for the little bit technical background, all of this thing. But I think that's how this these things are connected. It's not something which is overnight done. Yeah. It is being very, very focused approaches that people are trying to do from back in 2016 days. But right. I think now they have found found a it's way to a, it's become it. a rage. Yeah, pretty much like <laughs> yes. NFTs, right? Like they were always Absolutely. around kitties and whatnot. And now utility NFTs are coming up and so many use cases have come up for NFTs, which is wonderful to see. Uh, I think obviously in, in the Web3 space, uh, it all becomes very technical very quickly. And there's no need to apologize for it because you have to set the context. <laughs> Otherwise, it would not make sense. Uh, so yeah, I thank you. Uh, get, you know, where you're coming from. You, you know, mentioned... Um, how uh, the you you guys are democratizing basically access to the NFT ecosystem. So, what mm-hmm. kind of um, impact do you see NFT FN having? Uh, you know, create in this space, or what kind of a dent do you guys want to create with NFT FN? Uh, are there any specific tools that you are building that will make uh, accessibility easier for the user? Sure, it's like a two-point approach. First is uh, there are a lot of people who, just like in cryptocurrency, people can buy a fraction of it. In right. NFT space, it doesn't make sense to own one one tenth or one thousandth part of an NFT. Right, it's an art, and it's an art, but still, it's a financialized asset. So, what we thought about it that there are a lot of people who want to enjoy this volatility in the prices of these NFTs. And there are people who really wanted to actually get the exposure of these these the price fluctuation in such a way that they do not have to end up paying a lot of money just to participate in it. So as long as there are enough liquid spot market is available, that will always keep the market very active. So we essentially uh, zeroed it upon this behavior that the people who cannot buy the whole like one by one of the NFTs, they would love to get them exposed in some way or the other. And prior to us, a lot of people have tried fractionalized NFTs as well, but mm. that fall on fall flat on its face because eventually the utility is not coming out of that whole value prop, right? What will you do of holding one by hundredth of it? If that one by hundredth of it also gives you the same, same uh, freedom, I mean, same rights, then it makes sense. Otherwise it was like just... I mean, it was not making sense neither financially nor uh, logically that what will you do 
just by owning the fraction of a nft right. so we understood this so we thought of like not thinking from the utility perspective but looking at it from the financialized perspective so people are happy to have an exposure in right. a most affordable way to the most liquid nfts and that to the blue chip funds so okay. that way we we understood that this is the demanding uh, demand from the market that is one second the more easier to the more it will be easier for the common people to get exposed to these kind of blue chip nfts the mm. more liquidity it will attract the more liquidity it will attract the more the more financially stable this product become right. similarly the way we are now saying that etf is etf will essentially bring the swings in the bitcoin price a little bit less right so mm. sideways uh, like uh, the wicks in the bitcoin will reduce the more etf money will bring in into the ecosystem similarly we think that the what nftfn is trying to do in this ecosystem is the same impact we think that we will try to get more uh, more volume of the people who would chip in a very less amount but eventually it will be a volume game and can bring a lot of uh, can create kind of a market where it's a future market where people can see okay people can open interest on our platform and can see whether which on which side the market can move that is the kind of impact that we think that we can provide on the nft nft market uh because we are trying to go in that direction so we want to become the gauge of nft market eventually that people should just look at the look at us and they would be able to understand okay nft fn nft market is going in this direction right yeah so you know you have described nft fn as uh, perhaps like a one one of the greater innovations in the nft five space and i completely agree there can you share some specific strategies uh, that you know you are implementing to stay at the forefront of this rapidly evolving space yes so first of all on the on the infrastructure side of the product itself it required a lot of uh, rethinking because let's say liquidation and doing liquidation is very very okay let me not go directly on the liquidation first on the infrastructure side so how do you get the price how do you get the price of such uh, such illiquid assets uh, when it comes to these kind of uh, product so you can only build a derivative product when you have a stable price coming from some sort of uh, i mean api or let's say on chain prices are being shared so we started solving these challenges in such a way that uh, back then there is no upshot back then there is no there is no i would say chain link price uh, price like no api was from chain link which were giving us on chain prices so we started solving all of these problems one by one that is why i'm starting from the infrastructure side because the infrastructure is foundation for such kind of products hmm. so slowly the kind of problems we have solved for the nftfn we very specifically think that there are so many modules that tomorrow can be open source and can be put up in the retro rp fg public goods funding right, right. so because uh, that innovation is helping us to create such a market which was which will not only work on the nfts but also work with the ordinals but will also work with the rws as well so the technology is very much extensible to any kind of uh, long tail assets okay. so yes so that is one innovation that we think that we have done and, and that too all came from the financialized uh, and creating a i would say financial engineering has been the second part in the product of nftfn that how do you make a product which of which you have done Uh, thousand simulations so that you know for sure that what kind of market we can get ourselves into 
so that is a continuous process so we started with a very solid quant team as well so hmm. how do you actually create these kind of financialized product which which uh, i would say properly risk management risk managed is the right word right. to simplify everything which goes in the quant side how do you create a properly risk managed financialized product so that is the second thing i would say and then rest of the thing will go into a uh, creating a leverage product leverage product requires some sort of a very uh, diligent handling uh, in the numbers so solidity is a very mischievous uh, library uh, language where you require to be you require to be correct up to 18th decimal because of the ethereum right. so so having having the third thing is like writing the smart contracts in such a way that where the numbers are not like till the 18th point the numbers are coming as correct so right. that product can behave deterministically tomorrow for even low low amount of uh, dollar value as well let's say 10 dollar value or 20 dollar value right right and then it comes to finally because leverage product require liquidation so how do you bring liquidation in such a way that again it's a liquidation but require very very much novel thinking so we have built some really robust version 1 of the liquidation suit which we have created in such a way that anybody can run it in a very cost efficient way i mean cost efficient in the sense like uh, the footprint technical footprint to run that thing is very low as well as uh, people can run it as per their uh, uh, i would say pocket uh let's say they just want to liquidate up to 500 dollar worth of uh, assets they can do that as well so we have we have been doing a lot of hard work a lot of engineering but uh, that's where we are like about to put this engineering into the mainnet beta so that we will try the product we have been running this product from uh, in the testnet from almost one year now wow. uh 9 months 9 10 months yeah <laughs> we were waiting for the market to actually come back up otherwise right. it would make yeah. no sense Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would recommend that too because otherwise, you know, all your uh, all all the effort that you put in, it'll seem like it's gone to waste. But obviously, it's such like I, I'm getting excited just hearing about it. Yeah, the feedback cycle becomes really strong when the program yeah. is there, so you can quickly get the feedback. Yes. Yeah, that is absolutely true. This is wonderful. Like uh, these are some very strong innovations that you guys have created. It's it's a solid product, and uh, you know, as somebody. uh i i'm personally obviously i'm friends with you and i've uh, you know I, i have utilized the platform as well but this is not come from a pre, from a place of bias i think uh you're one of the you know more solid founders that i have seen because you know your fundamentals right uh, which is very very important so whatever you guys are building uh, i'm always excited to uh, try it out yeah i'm i'm we we are very excited to actually put up uh, this product out mm. on the mainnet beta we are going to again stress test the product uh from the infrastructure side because we really want to create a world class fintech product from india right. i mean india as in engineering talent <laughs> mm. <laughs> not from the geography i mean so the yeah. engineering talent is definitely indian so and that engineering talent i have been i'm i'm very much bullish on that there is a there is a famous saying like we are we are bullish on the indian so yes so yeah. i think uh, we are just trying to minimize the uh, surprises that people can have that's why stress <laughs> testing is happening right and, it's uh, very important of, because this is to do yeah, with a lot of right yeah absolutely because we understand that the the audience is global and mm. we want to give them the experience so version 1 would be a bit clunky i know i know there will be like lot of edge cases rough cases rough rough edges but i think we are what we are trying to do with the stress testing is just to test the infrastructure right and right. making sure that the numbers are correct so rest of the thing will be i think can be managed so that's that's where we are focusing really really heavily wow 
This is super uh, exciting. You know, you've mentioned blue chip NFTs multiple times in this conversations. And uh, could mm-hmm. you perhaps for our listeners explain what are blue chip NFTs and how does your platform uh, leverages them uh, in its vision to make this entire ecosystem more accessible? Sure. So as we understand the word blue chip actually comes from the stocks. So right. yeah. who, whichever, whichever has tested through the times, uh, <laughs> generally we call them blue chip. So similarly, we thought back in 2022 that 2022, that what exactly are we going to offer when it comes to NFTFN product? So we created a standard that, okay, there are these six, seven filters, whichever, whichever product passed through these six or seven filters will eventually become a blue chip. And now what are those six, seven filters? Like the project should be at least a year and a half old. The project should have minimum 500 ETH of worth of liquidity happening in the last three last 30 days. And there are certain things that we took our help of the partners to actually check the wash trading index. How much, how much wash traded a project is. That's why if anybody who will visit today, they'll find it surprising that we have not kept cyberpunk, uh, uh, CryptoPunk in this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Reason being because CryptoPunk was at the time when we checked two years back, it was very, very, I mean, the most wash traded product was in the NFT ecosystem was CryptoPunk. Right. As per our partner's index now, that partner is essentially is like now very much reputed. So they are doing what they knew what they're doing and we are much very much happy to actually take their help. So blue chip is something which is which will not like the team is really, really good, known, doxed. And uh, we know that what the team has done in the past. Plus the uh, the project is actually doing really good volume. More than three thousand wallets, four thousand wallet has to hold the NFT project, so that sufficiently project is distributed. It doesn't have the concentration of let's say ten percent of the NFT is just in the one wallet. So we make sure from the distribution side as well as the community side because and and yes, community has to be active. So Discord should have some chatter. There has to be minimum number of amount account a uh, number of amount of people should be in the Discord. So hmm. these are six, seven, uh, I would say, checks that we implemented and we passed through all the projects from them. That's how we came up with these four or five projects and we created an index out of it. So today uh, we are offering an index, not an individual project, but sooner in the journey, we will provide individual projects as well. The okay. risk management of single project is very, very difficult. That's why we are starting with index first so yeah. that we can go, we can learn from the market and then we can move to the single project. Right, absolutely. It's easier to uh, basically minimize the risk there at least or mitigate it in absolutely. some way. Absolutely. That is that is excellent. And this is, you know, the more you're talking about it, the more I think that NFTFN is like the, it should be the go-to market, go-to place for, you know, users who are just starting their NFT journey because you guys are trying to create tools around, uh, you know, NFTs and uh, investing and stuff that perhaps you know not just seasoned investors can use uh, but just folks who are just starting off in their journey can also utilize is there uh, yes. any one tool on your platform that you would recommend say to one to a seasoned investor and one to uh, a new user to try out so for now we we have just one icp right now which we are catering to so that's mm-hmm. why the index is created rather than the individual projects because individual projects will actually appeal to the uh, to the traders who love risk, hey. risky assets 
Right, so right. right now we we are starting it with very slow guarded launch and that too with one single icp like people who love to expose themselves into the nft ecosystem in an easier way and right. that too with the very less kind of uh, i would say security risk as well as capital risk so currently everybody would love would just see one product right now supernova supernova is an index uh, we have mm-hmm. named the product as supernova okay. so it's easier to for the communication as well and supernova is an assorted bucket of five blue chip nft byc mayc uh, azuki doodles and moon uh, and clonex moonbirds was there we we removed moonbirds because of our uh, we we removed it because of some sort of let's say uh, the volume because of the volume was drying up in that right and moonbird recently and those decision again can be again uh, again mapped to the recent problem moonbird actually uh, is is going down it, it went to less than 1 1 eth right now yeah, i mean right. that was very very <laughs> sad to know because moonbird was very good product project back then yeah right so as of now uh, a user can you know come onto your platform and uh, use uh, the index that you have created to start investing in nfts and in the coming future you guys are are launching a bunch of other uh, products that you've already mentioned for perhaps a seasoned investor yes so currently uh, we are offering a leverage market so people can actually go long and short hmm. we will bring investable products as well so that hmm. people can actually just do a dca into an index which is actually going to give them the exposure into the most hardest blue chip assets out there in the nft hmm. ecosystem so investable product will come later right now it is like more of a speculative one uh, so speculative first uh, investable second <laughs> that's how we are going okay cool you know that that is a, a good way to perhaps capture the market as well so uh, more power to you guys now you know just zooming out a little bit uh, you you have like over 9 years of experience in the blockchain domain uh, what kind of major shifts or trends have you observed and how have they influenced your approach to creating solutions so there are there are few things i think uh, one that is definitely now picking up heat is the privacy Mm. privacy in 2016 15 14 back then when zcash was like i would say invented uh, so it used to had that it had that ceremony where it was like burning up all the uh, so electronically there used to be some footprints to make the zcash run so if it will not discarded properly those digital footprints so it can always have some gap and people can always trace back to the so it is called a ceremony so i would say monaro zcash there was this this uh, ideology that privacy will be super super important so it was built on top of let's say bitcoin blockchain i mean as an as an inspiration but that died down in the last 3 4 years but now it is coming back up because because of the fhe fully homomorphic encryption so fully homomorphic encryption actually allows you to search and look for the data within the encrypted state of the data hmm. so that it can somehow just give you the, it's it's like a zk stuff right. uh, so zk is another zk is another so zk on top of fhe is very very crazy combination i don't know the maths i just know the theory part of it because i can only keep on top of these things <laughs> in web3 it's super hard to actually because the offshoots are so many when it comes to the web3 it's exploding it's really hard i mean to keep tap on everything but right. i think privacy in general one and zk and fhe comes under them uh, the second is definitely 
perpetual dexes is making some comeback i mean the requirement dydx is leading there but i think uh, the centralized uh, platforms blow up and in general the centralized platforms are mostly used for the futures in the crypto space so decentralized alternatives to them is becoming the second most demanded need so for crypto and in cryptocurrencies perpetual dex is the second most uh, i would say the need of the rs that's why if you see the first uh, dap now on any solana injective they all want to offer the perpetual on top of crypto right Right. So that's where that's where we think that we also fit in because we are also perpetual dex but that to for the nfts so that's that's the second and uh, other thing i think uh, the centralized player in terms of social network hmm. like the way twitter is gaining a lot of strength so generally what i have seen is this the amount of power a centralized platform hold the more demanded its it's a decentralized version is so right. lens yeah. farcaster and deso and there are other platform like upcoming socialies socially yeah. these platforms are trying to actually create a digital alternative decentralized alternative to these centralized koliats right. so i think that would be required in the future like really really i mean these kind of requirements comes suddenly the way defi actually hit the market suddenly right the requirement for a decentralized alternatives for this kind of platform will hit suddenly and then you will have to have those products you cannot go back in the kitchen and like try to understand the recipe and then try to come up with a solution 2 years later yeah there has to be some people who should be working on all these things from some time so the the requirement the moment the requirement hits there is some solution that is ready to serve the market absolutely so i think uh, yeah, this this would be like gradually and then all of a sudden all at once exactly Yeah. yes yes this is the same same feeling i personally feel so i think i can think about all like all, on these of the on top of these things uh, and the other one would be uh, i think what decentralized uh, distributed hosting i think what it is what it is doing in the space so that yeah. if we can actually make the hosting of all these platform in such a way that the even the distribu- the distribution is also decentralized right so deepen the products that yes, are coming deepen Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. So the deep in as an industry is also gonna make a lot of sense. Right. I mean, I mean, we are we are actually going in the gradual space right now. All of it would immediately become so much valuable because suddenly people will require and billions of people will require it because uh, because of the ETF. A lot of people are now researching about cryptocurrency, and yeah. soon they will understand the underlying technology. They would start looking up and questioning things. Hmm, what can be the alternative version for this one? so let's let's try to search all of these things so i think we next two years should give us some sort of peek into all these i would say uh hot uh, narratives but Thanks. i think the narratives which cut across the genuine curiosity of the user and use utility of the user would definitely see some traction absolutely i think uh, you know you're you're right you you picked up all the uh the relatively hot uh, notions here right now in the web3 space and uh, they are sure to stand the test of time at least for the next cycle definitely and uh, with the right utility i think uh, good platforms will always uh, you know survive because builders will survive on the basis of the users using their platform 
like any other mm-hmm. user and if you're building something that is actually solving a problem uh, then you would yes. be able to you know if you market it well uh, then yeah you would be able to survive uh, these barren <laughs> founders have to understand the value of the marketing yes absolutely yeah, absolutely it's very very important i think there are a lot of people who build like wonderful products and they're just not able to market it well and uh, they yeah. kind of uh, don't work out and it's very unfortunate but yeah selling is something that all founders should learn you mentioned the oh, bitcoin etf uh, now i would love yeah. to know what is your take uh, on the bitcoin etf being approved by the sec uh, how how do you see this development of you know affecting the market and the industry as a whole i think it's it's the it's the needle that we were all looking for to yeah. to put up into the balloon of <laughs> fiat world so mm. what i personally feel that the shift will be again gradual now that it has entered in the day zero phase of the industrial i would say sorry institutional capital so at day zero the institutions they are sitting up with lots of cash they would love to do some sort of a dca and their dca amount would be really really huge so i think price action will definitely drive the curiosity of the people who are sitting on the fringes that's where i think the people would uh, understand that what actually this bitcoin as a cryptocurrency is so i think first the exposure will always be the curiosity around the price and then maybe people will try to find the fundamentals okay why why the price is there and whatever the price is there like why people are like super interested into buying bitcoin versus my favorite apple stocks or microsoft stocks right mm. so i think that will that will make the fab that that will extend the fabric of this uh, new thing called bitcoin to the masses and once they understand once bitcoin touches the masses it will definitely intrigue let's say a certain percentage of people and then the then the slow snowflake will take the avalanche kind of shape uh, people would love to research people love to understand then more and more people try to understand the foundational stuff and once you go in their rabbit hole then there is no point coming back up so generally they get web3 red pilled yeah. so i feel that i feel that that it is a good top of the funnel marketing mm-hmm. for yeah. actually web3 builders and uh, new startup folks who's going to join us in the next 2 to 3 years or maybe in 4 years or the time to come right yeah this is like a very nice way of putting it i think uh, recently i had also written a blog about just uh, you know what bitcoin etf is and why is there a hullabaloo about it but the way you succinctly put it uh, that this is like a good way to fill up the top of the funnel for and it'll help adoption right this is a very good perspective very refreshing because everybody is talking about wealth money and decentralization and not owning your bitcoin but uh, there is this is a new perspective to have that uh, this is going to just push more people uh, into the space in one way or the other and it's thereby legitimizing it even further yeah yeah i think i think financialized aspects is always connected with bitcoin but what it is going to impact the impact of this thing is going mm-hmm. to be truly fundamentally it's going to change a lot of people's career and the graphs i mean there are more smart people who can just understand what bitcoin's nine pages white paper actually is capable of so i think everybody would love to understand what actually is the underlying technology and i think that's where they will they will definitely be interested in what they can do with this kind of a technology that that is going to be the tipping point this is a very interesting perspective because we I'm, i'm really grateful that you put it that way uh, and it's very refreshing as well so 
uh, everybody seems to be uh, you know everybody seems to have a pretty positive uh, outlook on this bitcoin uh, etf obviously everything comes with its pros and cons and we don't have to get into that uh, right now but looking at this as something that will help in greater adoption uh, is is something that i can buy immediately so this is wonderful um, to get and hear from you as a perspective now you know you are also an avid reader and i know that because we've spoken about the wonderful books that you're <laughs> reading and yeah. i would i would love to hear from you uh, about if you could recommend perhaps to our listeners that Uh, some books that you know you find really valuable and not just in the web3 space as an entrepreneur because i think ultimately all entrepreneurs are alike be it web2 web3 you're making a business you need to make money uh, to keep the lights on and it needs to solve a problem so if you had to recommend some books to some founders uh, or you know folks listening to this podcast which books would those be like you know your top 3 picks perhaps sure i think uh, very few people talk about books so i would yeah. like to definitely uh, give my recommendation yeah. so generally i segregate whenever i pick a book uh, first of all i i don't i don't read fiction so i only go for the books like from the people who have actually built businesses or have played an active role into building okay. those build businesses so or people who are curious enough to see how actually uh, industry have taken shape so it requires grit it requires perseverance passion selling uh understanding the psychology of the users hmm. so if i have to go for the top 3 one the first one would be hooked by neeraal right and uh that's a wonderful book we talked about marketing yes. and i think that will that will that sets the foundation right that that actually would love to uh, that that book is not a book it's a workbook uh yeah. people should definitely try to yeah people should try to actively use everything that they have shared in every 2 to 3 pages yeah i couldn't finish that book in like 3 uh, months because it was so brain wrenching that people cannot i mean i cannot move forward and unless i will not be uh, having at least 2 3 ideas or 5 ideas around my product when i'm reading that book so yeah. that's one it's very intense so, yeah yes yes it will give you it will give it will add dimension to uh, to the founders thinking that yeah. okay this is how big big uh, fang companies are thinking and yeah. why can't they have this kind of virality quotient or kind of uh, the way they want to look at their product why can't they create a system that the uh, audience look at their product from that perspective okay so that's yeah. that's second would be uh, grit by angela duckworth uh, it's forwarded by uh, 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 i mean angela duckworth talk about what actually sets the successful people apart from the unsuccessful people it's not the money it's not the background it's not the connection it's not the luck it's most about the perseverance that's why the book is called grit uh it and i generally say one thing that uh, stronger the wise easier the house so i think that book sits at the cross section of these two things if mm. you have your why really really strong you will always find a way to actually circumvent a situation and yeah. by people who have been so netflix is an example i mean all the companies all the big companies have will will go through the near death experience they will always come back stronger the reason to do so because the founder or the team or somehow the advisors they always gave them the the understanding of how they they need to persevere just by changing this or that so second was grit uh, second would be grit third i'm reading one right now but i think uh, 
uh, I can recommend that. Uh, that is one is called uh, the Daily Strike by Ryan Holiday. Daily Strike by Ryan Holiday is for the people. Uh, the founders are very much small community. I, I would say scarcest, scarcest commodity is founders. So they need to preserve their their mind, their brain really, really well. They cannot uh, pollute their brain. So I think stoicism will help them to become like really steady brain. So I think the daily strikes by Ryan Holiday would be my third thing where this will be the foundation because brain is the foundation of everything. So it will help you to think in the long term rather than short term and right. that too with the stoicism. So yeah, these three. These are wonderful recommendations. I think, uh, you know, stoicism is is so interesting when you start getting into it. And, uh, you know, if somebody is really going to get into the recommendations that Vikas has pushed through, I would add another recommendation. If you are new to stoicism, then read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I think uh, it's a great starting point for yes. anyone who wants to just learn a little more about uh, this these ideas associated with stoicism. And uh, it can be... I think it can be specially, specially uh, good for entrepreneurs who see uh, too many ups and downs in any given day. And <laughs> yes, it can uh, perhaps pave a path for you to have a better mindset. So these are wonderful recommendations. Great. And, you know, uh, all three are very wonderful recommendations. And I would highly recommend that, you know, our listeners go ahead and read these books. I have read uh, all three and I think... Uh, they only add, as you know, to as as Vikas mentioned, they only add to another dimension in which you are thinking, and they'll give you ideas. And uh, hooked, especially, I think hooked is something that I had made mandatory reading for my entire marketing team. Uh, you know, and uh, we we did like exercises around it. Uh, that using the hooked model, uh, let's see how this kind of will work, and uh, that that gave us uh, great success. Uh, it can seem very daunting to read a book to you know come prepared for a meeting like that, but uh, I do truly believe that it is uh, it should be mandatory reading uh, for anybody who wants to make a career in marketing, especially in this day and age. Yep. So, uh, Vikas, I am almost out of time. Actually, we are uh, exceeding the time limit that we had set for ourselves. I would uh, like to wrap this up now, but uh, not before I ask you one question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Uh, you know, you've been on the other side of uh, this particular rabbit hole where you were in Web2 and you did not know what blockchain was, uh, leave alone, you know, crypto or Web3. Uh, if somebody is perhaps struggling like you are and they are still trying to understand whether, you know, Web3 is for them, uh, what would be your advice for them to start living on blockchain? So uh, how should I make it easy for them to start understanding it and then get into it? Yeah, get, to get into it and also to perhaps persevere because I think that is also important. Uh, yeah, yeah. And course, how to persevere. Everybody talks about how to get in this space because I think that is still a straightforward answer. But from you, I would like to understand how. what would be your advice for these guys to persevere and keep building? So I think now now that uh so first of all there are too many tools today uh people need not to like persevere in the way we have to persevere so i think what we learned in the first six to nine months in the blockchain today that can be learned within like a week today yeah so i think first of all you are at the benefit of too much information today and mm. which is much more polished much more amazing so information is that second uh choose the right folks to be around with uh, because that's what going to be the very important difference when you start your journey. If you are in Web2, try to find a community. And there are too many communities now. And that too, I'm, I want to say that it is again differentiated. So 
earlier in 2016 17 18 getting 50 people in a in a in a event was a, like a heck of a thing for a web3 or a or like a like a blockchain thing today you can find a community just like 100, 100 not 100 but let's say within a kilometer or two that somebody must be doing a web3 event so try to join them that will that will set you apart from the that will set the foundation and then from there you have to take the conversation conversation forward as per the interest because you have a certain interest and that interest today because web3 today is having same kind of offerings as a as job opportunity i would say which a web2 company has we have marketing sales bd uh, ui ux everything in the web3 ecosystem today it's not just that that i mean you can take a shift still have a better career and still living on the blockchain kind of thing uh, you can truly do that so i think i think that's how you should like architect your journey and uh, be available on discord and telegram because that's where the community thrives so i think okay. you can you that can be offline as well as online happening. yeah sir sorry i said that is where the all the action is happening so you might as well <laughs> yes yeah. yes so, so i think that's the step. that 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 would be the steps i think yeah thank you so much vikas for taking out the time for this wonderful conversation uh, i have always been a, a believer in uh, earlier belief club and now nft fn uh, and your team i think uh, your solid founders were trying to make sure that you know you your platform a reaches a lot of people and b you survive uh, no matter where the cycle is so that you know you can keep uh, creating better solutions which is absolutely wonderful so uh, thank you once again for making the time to speak to me today uh, anything uh, you want to add before we wrap this up no first of all thank you uh, the structure is very free willing so i think uh, i i was able to speak my mind so there yeah. is no <laughs> there is nothing that i would say that it is pre process it was all all impromptu but i think it came from the deepest uh, learning and uh, struggles and hurdles but still i think the shiny part of web3 is that the promise uh, it provides to yeah. actually disrupt and create things by yourself i mean which is not possible in the web 2.0 absolutely you cannot create a leverage trading platform mm. <laughs> in web 2.0 you will you will you will die just buying the licenses there right, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah you just get so, stuck in the bureaucracy yeah yeah so if i if i put things perspective for your listeners is that i'm trying to create a nyse or a, or nsc kind of platform Mm-hmm. right out of my office that's that's the that's the power of web3 i mean otherwise this thing is just not available anywhere in the world anywhere in the technology realm so that's just amazing yeah absolutely i think the power that decentralized technology provides each of us to be able to create uh, these amazing tools platform solutions uh, the world's your oyster pretty much and you know you you can go after any problem in a steadfast manner and uh, really be able to solve it as against uh, you know doing it in web 2 so uh, no better way to uh, wrap up this episode thank you so much vikas once again for taking out the time to speak thank you thank you